Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. Today, I sit down with TJ Gleha, who is a good friend of mine, and he was actually at our very first ISI retreat back in 2018. He's an awesome guy. He has a, a ton to share and some just practical nuggets that I think you guys will all enjoy. So as you know, Iron Sharpens Iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And really, it's a way for us to do things God's way. How can we put our faith at the center of all we do? We talk about five Fs, faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And how can we put faith at the core and that impact our decision-making and actions in those other Fs? So that's what we do today. Uh, TJ's an awesome guy. He's a father, a husband. He's a business owner. Uh, he's living the ISI life. And uh, I think his examples and his stories will, will point that out. And uh, just a few things while I got you. Uh, coming up, we have our first ever couples retreat on October 22nd, 23rd. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be 20, there's 22 spots. Uh, there's currently nine slots left. So um, it's definitely going to be powerful. So if you and your spouse are looking for a little getaway that is, uh, can be faith inspired by some great people, some great speakers, we'd love to have you. All the information is on the website, theisilife.com. And um, while you're at theisilife.com, just so you know, it has all of our past podcasts and all of our tools, um, refocusing tools, downloads, things that you might be, you know, helpful in using you to stay sharp and assess, you know, where are you in your fitness? Where are you in your faith, in your faculty, in your family and relationships, and just some things that might help you along your journey. Uh, it also, also has all the dates for the upcoming retreats for men, women, and couples a weekly devotional series that's written by members of the ISI community. And then obviously we're on social media, uh, the ISI man, the ISI woman. So we'd love to track life with you. And um, I hope you enjoy this episode with TJ. TJ, thank you so much for being on the ISI Life podcast. I am excited to share you and your story with anyone listening. So thanks again, man. No, thank you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. You're one of those guys that lives the ISI life and, you know, you put faith at the center of everything you do. And I've got the chance to get to know you and, and learn from you in, in a couple of different ways. So I'm excited to, you know, dive into some of those conversations. But for, for those of us that, you know, haven't got a chance to meet you, um, give us a little background on, you know, who you are, the, you know, the 30,000 foot view of TJ. Sure. Um, well, again, my name is TJ Glia, uh, born and raised in Northeast Ohio. I grew up in a small town called Chesterland, Ohio. Um, I uh, went to NDCL for high school, went to Dayton for college. That's where I had the, the opportunity to meet my wife, Jill. Um, you know, we've been together for over 20 years now. And, uh, and, and so I had That's the opportunity awesome. to meet her. Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, it's, it's nuts now that I think we'll be married for <laughs> years. So, um, and I, and it's funny, I always crack a joke. Like when I see her, we're cleaning up for dinner and, and I see her cleaning the, we're cleaning up, she's putting stuff in the dishwasher and she gazes over at me and I can just see the utter look of disappointment in her life, uh, in her eyes. And I'm, I, I joke <laughs> when I say that, <laughs> but it's, we've been together so long. It's, it's been awesome. So, um, we have three, we have three boys, uh, 11, nine and six, um, I actually went out of college, moved to Chicago, lived in Chicago for you know over a dozen years, and and part of I'm sure we'll get into today, um, you know, felt a calling to move back home um, and raise my family here in, in Cleveland. Um, you know, I I'm in finance and started the first part of my career on the institutional side in, in proprietary trading and 
traded derivative products, mainly options on interest rate futures. Um, and then, you know, again, felt a, a calling to get into more of the financial planning piece um, and, and was really longing for relationships with with clients and others. And so uh, led us back to, to Cleveland. And, and now we've settled in on the west side of Cleveland. So I am a, an oddity in the sense that, um, you know, I went from the east side of Cleveland to the west side <laughs> of Cleveland. And the Cuyahoga River seems to be like the Mason-Dixon line here in Cleveland. So, right. um but my family, we settled on in Avon Lake, and and we love it. It's awesome. That's super cool, man. Congrats. That's a it's a fun, fun journey. And I mean, there's some big things in there that we'll definitely dive into. Um, and you know that that one being a big one. You know, living in Chicago, maybe that's even a good place to start because I met you after that move, obviously here in Cleveland. Um, but you know, at ISI, we talk a lot about the five Fs. You know, faith, family, faculty finance and fitness. And rather than, you know, your faith being just like a component or something you do, you know, maybe on Sundays from nine to 10, um, how do you integrate that into your life, into your decision-making, into your family? Um, and for you, I know, um, you were in Chicago, maybe talk a little bit about your experience in Chicago and then how you guys felt, you know, you were at that inflection point where you made the decision to move back. Sure. Um, so at the time, as I mentioned, I worked for a proprietary trading company and, and worked with a, a young, you know, energetic, athletic, very smart guys who to this day are some of my best friends on the planet. Um, and I had the opportunity to trade from 2002 to 2014. And if, if you remember, this was essentially the most volatile time in interest rate history. So um, it was it was stressful, but it was so much fun. And I was actually in the pit yelling and screaming and and uh, and trading and, you know, had the opportunity. It was very competitive and just it was uh, I had a knack for it. Right. And, and um, had the opportunity to do it with awesome guys that were rooted in, in really strong moral. They're just really good guys, really good family guys. So it was a um, it was a fantastic environment. But, you know, it was funny is, is uh, you know, in your 20s and early 30s. Uh, it was very, it could be lucrative too, right? So you can make money and, and, and do well. But I always felt like at that time in my life, I felt like faith wasn't at the center, right? I was trying to fit religion in or, or my faith into my life in different bits and pieces. It wasn't mm -hmm. at the center of our life. And, and I can remember coming home and in having like heartfelt conversations with my wife, just saying, I feel like something's missing, right? I, I feel like, we say we care about all these things, right? Quality of life. We, you know, we were faith driven. We do all these things, but I feel like our actions are, are kind of leading a different path. And so, um, you know, it just kind of just, it was one of the conversations that um, it just spurred. And my wife and I kept dwelling, not dwelling, but thinking about it and really praying about it. And, uh, and I can remember I had a friend who currently still works at the at the um, at the trading company. And he would those daily bread, you know, those uh, booklets, mm -hmm. the yeah. daily bread. And, and yeah, I remember just like started reading like he, there was a pile of it on my desk. Hmm. And I just remember started taking some of it and, and reading it and just really started praying for it. And it was a sign. Right. I really believe that there's no coincidences in life. It's all part of a bigger plan. And I'll never forget. There's a house that sold down the street for me. And it was a thousand less square feet. Our neighborhood just got a huge uh, grant for the elementary school. So, and we lived in the city in and around Wrigley field, just, just for easy 
description and um, the house sold and it sold for a, a, a significant premium to what we paid on our house. So I said, you know, we should, you know, we should consider selling our house and, and just mm-hmm. thinking about it. And, and uh, at the same time this happened, you know, again, we were talking about making a transition and we had no idea we'd moved to Cleveland at this time. I came in the next day and my buddy, the guy who had the daily bread, uh, uh, the booklets had a calendar in those cheesy calendars where they have quotes. And on his calendar, it said, don't expect others to listen to your advice, but ignore your actions. And so I ripped off, I, I have it framed in my office right now. I ripped it off of the calendar thing, folded it, put it in my pocket and I kept it. And I kept it because at that point I knew that there was something you know, deeper. There was going to be something in store for us. We just had to have the courage to, to follow the plan. Right. And so mm-hmm. we prayed heavily about it and really started thinking about it. We put our house up for sale. It sold in 24 hours. Um, we were going to move to the burbs near her, my in-laws who my wife's from Chicago, born and raised. And then they said, you know what, we're, don't plan on us. We're moving to California in, in the next zero to 18 months. And I said, well, I wish I would have known that before I put my house up. For sale. <laughs> oh my God. So we were kind of, kind of homeless, if you will, living in my in-laws basement. And, um, my wife, Jill just basically said, listen, whatever we do, I want to make sure we have, um, health insurance. And then she, she literally said, I trust you, whatever, whatever you think is the right move. I trust you and, and mm. we'll, we'll make it work. And so I, I knew thinking about if you put it through a dart at the map, where, where do we want to, you know, where a, do we have a network B is the cost of living good and C I just felt a calling to come back home. Right. I just mm-hmm. felt a calling that you raise a different kid in Ohio. And I knew no matter if you had $10 or a billion dollars, I knew that I wanted my children to grow up in a household where we enjoy the simple things, right? You cut grass on, you know, you cut the grass, you throw the ball around in the backyard. You just live a normal, you know, existence to some people that's really boring, but that's what we were longing for. And so Mm -hmm. my wife and I bought a house sight unseen in Avon Lake. We, I, we, I had my parents walk through, (laughs) through it with a realtor and I just said, tell me the nuts and bolts. Like, do, how many bedrooms does it have? The spacing, you know, walk me through it. And that's it. So we bought the house. And people were, they said, you guys are nuts. I mean, you're just nuts. And <laughs> Now I that's normal. A, <laughs> right, exactly. I took, uh, I took a job with a wealth management firm or a, with, with a, a brokerage house here in Cleveland, knowing I wanted to get on the financial planning side of the equation. And... Um, the uh, I was there for I had a cup of coffee there. I realized shortly after being there, great guys, fantastic guys. Just the business model that they had was not what I I didn't it, to me the longevity of that I didn't see it in in mm. in the business. So I knew I wanted something a little bit different. Um, but I'll tell you, the first two years we moved back, there was so much joy we had, but there was so much pain. I mean, mm. there was it was very uncomfortable, especially for my wife, where she, she trusted in me. And I basically just said, I'm trusting in God, like, Hey, this is your plan. I, you know, I'm, I'm praying for the courage to follow it. And, um, yeah. And TJ, when that, so like timeframe wise, so how many years were you guys in Chicago and then how, how much time existed when you guys were like deliberating on this decision before you, you know, made the, made the call to sell your house there in Chicago and move back? Yeah. So great question. So we had, um, 
I, you know, we were in Chicago for, you know, 12, 13 years. And the, I first, the seed was planted on, it was October 31st of 2011, I believe. And there was a, hmm. a, a clearing house of ours, um, that they, for the trading firm we had, they held all our money. They cleared all the trades. They held the margin that we used in order to facilitate our trades. And there was a gentleman by the name of John Corzine, who was the CEO of MF Global. MF Global went under and they were our clearinghouse at the time. And we were frozen for a week. And I remember it was towards the end of, it was towards the end of, it was October 31st on Friday was unemployment. And that's usually when you put on the biggest bets that you have, right? So you mm-hmm. unemployment typically, or it, it was historically the busiest day of the month in re- because depending on the employment picture, how good's the economy, is the Fed going to raise or lower rates and yada, yada, yada. So um, anyway, we put on a big bet and we couldn't trade. And I remember going home and just saying mm-hmm. to my wife, like, I, like, I'm not in control of my own destiny here. Right. Like you could be the best, you could have the best trade in the world on best position on. And we, something happened beyond my control and I couldn't, I couldn't control it. Right. And you don't control your own destiny. And I'm like, I, I just don't know if I can live my life like this. Right. I don't know if I can continue to, to operate like this. And a couple of years went on and I always knew, I said to my wife, I mean, from the moment I started, I, I you know, the, the, I just wish I provided more value to mankind. Now, the, the people that I work with all are fantastic guys and they used their gifts and talents and in, in, in financials to provide in other areas. But for me, that was longing for more. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's when when, you know, it kind of went full circle. And I'll be honest, like when I deliberated, it was fast when we made that decision. Let's put our house up for sale. We moved in with my in-laws and I took a job and and I felt like I'm just going to figure it out. Right. Like, I'm just going to figure it out. And literally a couple months after we moved back to Cleveland and I was, you know, started with the the brokerage firm, um, I was out networking with in for two minutes into the breakfast networking. The huh. guy across the table said, said to me, I think you should come work for us. <laughs> and, and he's like, this is he's like, I'll if you're not interested, no big deal. That's not why we're here. But and that kind of changed the direction hmm. of my career forever. Um, and so, but back to the Chicago thing, you know, I just felt like, and I think Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 says, you know, for, I know the the plans I have for you. And it was like one of the, that's what I just stuck in my head was like, Mm -hmm. God has a plan. Just trust it, you know, and Mm -hmm. follow through with it. Don't try not to screw it up. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, that's awesome. I love it. And you trusted that moved, felt like it was where you guys needed to go, you know, prayed about it and. Um, you guys had, I mean, you had some children in the mix at that point, one, right? At that point. We did. So we had two children and, um, another, and our third child was born actually here in Avon Lake. And, and I, I know I, I want to be respect. I could tell stories all day long, but another thing we have, uh, what my wife, we had our last two children at home. Right. And so what, when there isn't a bigger decision to make in your life and trusting that God has a plan. And trusting in in a you know the female body and how it worked and it you know we had the opportunity to have both our boys healthy at home and awesome. I can I can tell you that that was uh, you know another aspect in our life where we just said God has a plan for us and my wife felt compelled to have our two that last two babies at home 
and I wanted to support her. Right. And I said, okay, like, I believe you and God has like, we're in, I'm in. So what was interesting is we had our third baby here in Avon Lake and in Chicago, it's different when you have a baby at home. Like, I mean, it's a very transient, like it's, it's a melting mm-hmm. pot, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. a million dollar house next to a, you know, shanty next to a multifamily unit condo building. You don't really get to know your neighbors. I'll yeah. never forget when we moved here, the first year we moved in, we had a home birth and my next door neighbor is cutting his grass. And we had, you know, midwives came in, we delivered the baby. A couple of days later, two Hasidic Jews come in and they perform the circumcision on our dining room or on our kitchen table. While they're here, a woman comes to pick up the placenta to encapsulate for my wife. And the guy's like looking at it like, who just moved in? <laughs> you know, there's a crazy, crazy clan. So, um, but again, it was one of those things that like, you know, God has a plan and just have, you just get out of the way, you know, trust in it. That's awesome. You seem to have that, that faith and, you know, that confidence, uh, in, in all those ways, really just, uh, trust that you are, you know, the, the, what you just said, there's no coincidences and, uh, you know, these things are happening for a reason and you, you know, you seem to do great at leaning into that and following that, you know, that guidance, that calling or, that whisper that you get. So that's, that's really awesome that you did that. Oh, thank you. So, um, so you're here, you're doing your thing and, you know, uh, recently, you know, you've taken the plunge into a different plunge, um, into owning your own, you know, being part of your own organization, uh, you know, one step further towards, you know, those callings and, um, you know, like you said, uh, kind of controlling your own destiny in some ways and being maybe even further aligned with the original vision you had when you decided to leave the trading floor. So maybe speak to that because that's maybe another instance where I think a lot of people listening to the podcast are considering, you know, maybe making a physical move like you guys did or maybe making a, a job or a career change. How did you, you know, how did you rationalize what to do, what not to do? Um, and, you know, within that decision-making framework of changing careers or changing and starting your own thing. Sure. Um, you know, I think we'd all, when I joined my my previous firm, um, I had the opportunity to, to be thrust into working with entrepreneurs and business owners. And what's mm-hmm. interesting about the my former career in the trading world is at you, you we were proprietary traders. So you and your partner and your team, you would trade all year. You'd pay your expenses out of your account, and at the end of the year, you you know you'd pay the basically the bank or the backers, and then you you get to divvy up the rest. And so you ran your own business, essentially. And so um, moving into the financial planning realm, I, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and was surrounded by it. And, and I just kept feeling a calling like, hmm. listen, like, you know, one day you're going to you're going to do this on your own. Right. You're, or you're going to take the plunge. And I always knew I wanted and I laugh when I say this, but I always I wanted to sign the front of my paycheck and not the back. And it was a, it's a personal desire and that in, in and it's not. For, it's not a monetary goal. It's just fun. You know, like it's just, mm-hmm. we get one crack at life, you know, and, and both my grandfathers died at 50 of cancer. And I, I, you know, I'm 41 years old, but this, you know, I started really thinking about it last year. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm 40 years old. If I get, and I, I have a buddy who, who was um, recently diagnosed with pancreatic cancer around the same time. And I thought, you know, if, if I, I got to take a shot. Right. If yeah. I'm ever going to do it, I got to do it now. And yeah. um, the hard part about it, and this is where it was really hard, is I finally, you know, like you get to a point where I started over in a career. My old job was lucrative. Yeah. We did well. And I 
cut my legs out from underneath myself and start all over again and to build myself up to where you get to a point where you're respected and there's comfort and, you know, like it's a great firm with great people. And, and so I, I just knew that I had, there was, there was something else out there and I, Mm -hmm. and I had to make a move and, and, uh, and again, it was not structural; it was personal. And so the the personal, and I play, I prayed nonstop about it. And yeah. it's interesting. I was going through a, a, a Bible prayer study group with two of my close friends, and the name of the group was called, or the name of the book that we were reading was called "Journey to the Inner Chamber," and it was really mm-hmm. about you know discovering you know, the. I don't know the your, your relationship with with Jesus Christ and and through that I remember there was a lot of journaling and 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 I remember just kept keep writing journey on my um, on my journal and um and I just said to myself if I ever do something it's going to have this title in it or my theme song is going to be like don't stop believing I don't know as cheesy as that sounds I, I was I was just like, and I I say that in jest but um. You know, I just knew that I was just praying nonstop about it. And and, yeah. and it felt like COVID was a, a really interesting opportunity for all of us. And I think every single, you know, everybody in one way or another um, really started thinking about what's important to them in life. When you're when you have when you have a, a fear loop going, a health fear, a, a, a financial fear and, and, and it's being exaggerated and, and on loop over and over and over and over again. I mean, it caused all of us to reflect on where we're at and, and who we're with. And I just, at this time, I said, you know what, I got to, I got to do it. I, if I don't do it now, I never will. And, and just having the faith to, you know, um, and I, I mean, I pray, <laughs> I still pray about it. It's not exactly easy at all times, but when I said to my wife, I really want to do this. My wife looked at me and said, let's go for it. And she yeah. said, if we fail, if you fail, I'll go work at Costco with you. Like it's like, we'll make it work. And so when, when my wife said that to me, I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, and so, um, again, I, we, and recently had, you know, at the start of the year, had the opportunity to, to form a partnership and we acquired a material equity stake in a, in a RA firm or registered investment advisory firm here in Cleveland. Um, and we service unique client base. Um, you know, we have, provide family office services for professional golfers. And then we also have a, 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 a division that is, you know, focused on entrepreneurs and, and executives. So um, I get to work with, you know, really, I have the opportunity to work with really awesome, really cool people that I can tell you that I learn something from the clients and the relationships I have um, every single day. And sure. to me, the, it, what's most important in life is, is, is relationships experiences and our most valuable assets are time. So when I think about how, where I wanted to spend the majority of my time, it was uh, with, you know, in key relationships and really, I, don't, I mean, life is about, like, you got to make it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, why not? Yeah. And I love it. That's cool that, um, you know, you talk, we talk about ISI, like iron sharpening iron and going through a study like that. Um, I don't know if that was, an intentional study, the journey to inner chamber that you mentioned, like you did that because you knew maybe you were thinking about a change or was that just a study that you were doing on your own? But it seems like that, that study and going through it with those guys was uh, an integral piece of helping you make that decision. Is that? That's correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was absolutely was. And then, you know, there was, what's interesting is that I'm not a very patient person uh, just by nature. <laughs> I'm, I'm impatient. 
and reading this. And it's so interesting because there's so many things that I've highlighted. And when I went back and journaled and it's just saying, listen, be patient. God has a plan. Be patient. Yeah. God has a plan. You know, like don't get in the, don't get in your own way that, you know, yeah. like that was the thing that, um, that kept, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's something out there for you. Just trust in it. It's hmm. awesome. That's really cool. So you have this saying, um, sanity, not vanity. What, what is this all about? So, you know, it's in, in ISI, they focus a lot on, on, um, you know, having your not rituals or it's like, how do you, how do you fit everything around your faith? And my, I have a routine and I've been a routine guy. I'm a pretty disciplined guy. And mm-hmm. you know, I wake up every single morning and I, I pray, you know, I have a cup of coffee. I, I do my, I do my prayers. I do some reading and then I, I work out and, you know, I work out from, you know, it's, it's, and it's not for vanity purposes. It's for sanity purposes. I know when I, and I've been doing this since I was 12 years old, I'm exercising and, and, and it's just a release that I get. Um, you know, when I was in high school, my brother had cancer and he had a malignant brain tumor and, and, um, you know, spent a decade under the knife and in chemotherapy radiation. And I felt like the only time I could really release was when I was exercising, whether it was a run or whether it was, you know, lifting weights or, or riding a bike or it just, and it was the only, it's where you could find peace. And mm-hmm. so every morning I work out, I have a, a gym in my garage. It's nothing elaborate. It's nothing fancy. I mean, I literally move the, the, the push mower out of the way and my kids bikes <laughs> and the, the and, and tricycles and stuff out of the way to, to work out. But it's, it's, it's the part where I get to, you know, set my mind for the day and, 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 it helps me be a better father, a better husband. Um, and, you know, candidly without our health and without, mm-hmm. you know, like you have nothing. I mean, so, um, I love the fact that I can still throw the ball around with my boys and run and, and compete and, and, you know, that's what it's about. And, and, and most importantly, it's just the, it's that pressure release, you know, that fact where I can be at peace and I can handle situations better and I can be a better father, husband and, and I can remember telling my, my dad, um, I just said, if, if it means if I have to work out every day so I can spend an extra day with my kids, I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I, I want to be, I want to be here and, and be with my children and my wife as long as, as I'm, I'm able. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a great, uh, rhythm you have to, you know, stay sharp and, you know, in terms of having your own sanity and, you know, we talk about like, you know, filling up your own cup, you know, you got to be your best self so you can show up for you know your wife and the kids and everything for your work and your team and everybody else so i mean i, I totally get it what a curious what other you know rhythms you might have uh, as you think about things you do you know whether it's daily or weekly quarterly annually whatever you know for you or within any of the f's to you know kind of to be your best self do you have any any like best practices that you employ Sure. So the fitness aspect we talk about, and I think the fitness aspect, just for the, the listeners, it doesn't have to be something crazy. Like you could yeah. literally pick up a chair and move it from one end of the room to the other. Yeah. It's just, you know, or go for a walk or, you know, to me, that's, it doesn't, it really does not matter. Someone can name it on the, put it on the board and I'll do the workout. I, I don't really care. And I don't care what my time is. It's not for anything other than a release. Um, for me, from a faith aspect, aside from praying in the morning, like I don't get on, I don't turn on my car until I say a quick prayer, hmm. uh, you know, and if I have a big meeting or if I have, uh, you know, if I, 
if I'm nervous about something or, or if I'm finding uh, I have anxiety about something, I, you know, just say a quick, like I will say a quick prayer, you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus, I place my trust in thee, you know, and that's it. Um, and, and it's interesting, um, that, I mean, I won't start the car unless I do it. It's every day. Mm-hmm. And I think I told, <laughs> I think I told you this, I was actually in, this was probably a year ago and I <laughs> run through a stop sign and I was making a right-hand turn in, in Bay Village and I got pulled over and the, the, the police officer stopped me and he's like, all right, did you, did you see the stop sign back there? And I said, I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. And he's like, well, what could you be doing? Were you on your phone? I said, no, I was actually praying. And he said, just, but he said, I've never heard that one before. Uh, I guess I, you know, I'll let you go on this time with a warning. <laughs> But it wasn't a line. Like I was literally thinking about my day and some of the things that I had in front of me. And I was just praying and asking for, you know, I wasn't even praying for myself. I was asking for grace for those that were that I was meeting with. Right. Yeah. And that was it. And so um, and then when I think about finances, you know, every month I, I, I try to update my balance sheet. And really, it's not meant to, you know, it's not a scorecard. It's just making sure that I'm being organized. Right. And, and, you know, I have the responsibility of my family that I want to make sure that my everything is in order. If something, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid, happened to me, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not you know dropping off a huge you know problem for my wife and my children. So, yeah. um, you know, I try to keep track of that. And that's just I'll be honest, the cash flow aspect is not one I always love to visit. Right. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes as families with three kids, you spend money like you hate it. Um, but it's one of those things that I think it's nice to, to, you know, like I was to keep, keep, uh, keep track of that. Um, you know, and, and I can tell you areas that I, I, family, like, you know, we, my wife and I do a really good job, although we're busy with, with running from this thing to another thing. I can tell you what suffers, I think for my wife and I, um, one aspect is the strength in another. So we do a lot for the kids. I mean, our life is about the children and, and what we need to do a better job of is actually establishing a date night for she and I or, or to, to walk the dog together. So I can tell you there's areas of definite improvement. Like that's one that I know after doing these things when I work mm-hmm. out in the morning or when I'm taking inventory of where I'm at, I definitely need to do a better job of that. That's awesome. I mean, those are some really good things, especially, I mean, I mean there's so many good nuggets that you just kind of just breathe over, but you know, praying continuously, praying for, you know, before a meeting, uh, before you start the car, um, all those things. Those are, those are big things. I, um, you know, I got in that similar rhythm, you know, before too. And especially if there was a meeting where I was anxious about something and I found it gave me a, you know, a big sense of peace going into it. Just like, you know, they got the, this is your meeting, you know, um, let me be a, you know, act and, and speak the way you'd want me to. And, uh, just, you know, the outcome is yours. I kind of just letting that go. Uh, at least for me in my experience, that just gave me a sense of peace that instead of trying to control the situation, cause you know, I like to like most guys control as much as possible, but kind of just like letting it go. Um, I don't know. It was a big thing for me. So I can, I can relate to that one for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know yeah. what I can tell you through my journey. And again, I am halfway, God willing, halfway through my life. Um, I feel like life has a a wonderful way of humbling everyone, right? And then when I think about um, being authentic and just being yourself and accepting the the gifts that God gave you or some that he gave you and some you don't have, right? You just appreciate others that have it. 
I can tell you that, um, you know, when I think about certain situations in, in, in big meetings and it's like, you know, whatever's meant to be, will be like whatever is part of God's plan. And, and mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm, if we're meant to have a new client or if I'm, if we're meant to move or if we're, it's, it's all part of a bigger plan. I just have to have the, I have to be humble enough to accept God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, here's Jesus who died on the cross for us. He's the son of God. You know, he, he could have stopped at any point in time, right? He could have got off. <laughs> he could have quit. But he didn't. He humbled himself to God's will. And if he can do it and endure all that, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I, I can suck it up and, and do it, too. Right. In, in the in the small challenges that we have to face on a day to day basis. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, just other thing, you know, about staying sharp, you have these awesome rhythms. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, having some awesome guys that you did a Bible study with and. I know you got a lot of good people in your corners. It seems like having some good people around you, you've been blessed with that, having some good friends that you've introduced me to and have become kind of part of my inner circle too. Um, I know that's been a a key part of, you know, becoming who you are and staying sharp and and having that, you know, that group to bounce things up. That's one thing that I've found super interesting with ISI is the, the people um, that people have met at, you know, at the retreats or just through the different interactions is the relationships that have come out of it and how they kind of track life together. I've always admired, you know, especially you and Dave, you know, you guys have always been two people I've learned from, but it seems like you guys go way back and help each other in terms of staying sharp and in all the different areas of your life. Yeah. And I think, I think the the biggest part about that, and I mentioned earlier is being vulnerable. We as men feel like we have to put up these, these walls or we have to pretend that we're, you know, invincible. And really, I mm-hmm. think, I think when you can be vulnerable and share your, your, your fears, your joys with, with other men, like it's, it's really cool. And it, it, it makes you, uh, it just, I can tell you, it just is, is it's free when you don't have to pretend, right. Yeah. When somebody who's going through it, you know, like they have three, you know, you have three young kids are going through it. Life isn't easy. And when you can share your, you share that with, with other men, like it's really important and other like-minded men who will challenge you at times. Right. You know, sometimes you need to be called to the carpet and say, Hey, you know, think about this. You're really not living the way that you, 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 you want to live. And so having those relationships and having that authentic, you know, brotherhood is, is, I think is really, it's, it's special and needed. Yeah. I mean, I love, it, I, there's certain times like that where people have called me out and it's like, sometimes it hurts, you know, to be called out like that. But it's, at the same time, it's like, man, I, I needed that. You know, I needed to hear that. And I appreciate the straight talk, um, which is, which is so valuable and, and really special. It's really cool. Well, um, I, I love it, man. I love the conversation. You, you know, you always help me uh, think better and be, you know, you're one of those guys that helps me you know, stay sharp and be the best version of myself. So I appreciate that about you and, um, excited to, you know, continue our relationship and get, get to know you more. And, and, uh, I'm excited to share this conversation with other people because I think they'll, they'll take a lot of away from it. But, um, you know, for you, as we kind of just start to wrap up, uh, you talked about a lot of things, but I'm curious for you when it comes to joy, you know, what, what brings you the most joy? Um, I can honestly say, there's nothing in this world that I love more than fire pit nights with my family where we, we you know, I, I turn on tunes. I'll like to have a cigar and my kids will be playing and we'll be giggling and laughing. And 
and that's it. I mean, I can tell you that provides me the greatest joy. And in, in, I'm a firm believer in, in, you know, people always talk about quality time with their family. And I, I think it's quantity creates quality, right? It's those special moments where you just, you know, you're, you're laying on the, you just spend time with your family creates the quality. And I can tell you that the purest joy I have is, is that fire pit night with my, my kids. That's it. That's awesome. That's cool. Are you a gas guy or a, a old I'm school? I'm a re- old school. Old yeah. School. Yeah. Nice. Same here. Deal with the smoke. Yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I love it. What about, um, books? I know you read a ton. Uh, every time I'm with you, you mentioned like a hundred books. So, uh, I'm curious, you know, do you have a top one or two or, or maybe one you're reading now that has been impactful or one you might recommend? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love reading and I can't, I'm like a kid sucking on a stump. I can't go to bed unless I read. Um, so I, and I read both fiction and nonfiction. So I like to rotate between nonfiction and fiction. And, you know, there's plenty of people that say I only read nonfiction. There's plenty of people that say I just love, you know, fiction to me, I just love reading. And, and mm. sometimes I need to turn my brain off. So I'll yeah. pop and I love reading, you know, I love fiction and it actually helps with the creative flow. It just helps me be more creative. And, um, so, I, I mean, currently, uh, the two books that I've read, and I don't know if we have enough time, but Secret of Shelter Island is a mm-hmm. book by Alexander Green, who's a, a, a pretty renowned financial analyst. And he it digs deeper on on what the true definition of wealth is, right? And it's it, it, it talks about money and what matters most. And and I really, there's a quick story. And if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to share yeah, with you. It's, no. So my wife and I rented this this home in in Indiana on, on Lake Syracuse in in the middle of Indiana. We had our two babies. Of, uh, you know, my oldest was two. My youngest was you know six to eight months old. And we're it's a rainy day, and they're laying on the blanket, kind of playing. And I pick up this book that was sitting next to me, and I start reading it. And I and my I start crying. And my wife looks oh my at me gosh. like, "What the hell is your problem?" <laughs> you, just, like, this, you didn't you didn't bring this book. This was, no, was I was there. just laying on the coffee table next to it. Mm-hmm. So the story goes: there's a sister and a brother, and. The, the sister, the family just found out the sister has a rare blood disease and the, 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 she, they're telling the family, we need to find a, a match or else your sister's not going to make it. And they turn to the young brother and they say, it turns out you're a match. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you're willing to donate your, you know, your blood, to your sister, we can save her life. Um, you know, isn't that exciting? And, and, you know, are you willing to do that for your sister? And, and the, the brother, he's seven years old said, I need to think about it. And mm-hmm. so the mom and the doctor kind of gave him a puzzled look, but they gave him some time and he came back in and he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And the doctor said, that's great. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I'll do you one better. We're going to put the the transfusion machine in the middle of you and your sister's bed and you can watch your blood be cleaned and go into your sister's blood and you can see. So as they set him up and as they get going, um, the about 10 minutes into it, the he could see his blood going into his sister and, and, the doctor said, look, you're saving your sister's life. And, and he waves the doctor over and he whispers in the doctor's ear. He said, OK, doctor, when do I start to die? Mm. And, and so I know this story has been told di- different ways, but I remember like just reading that and I started crying. And then I'm like, I picked up the book and I took it home. And it's a really this financial analyst in, in this book talks about um, how he's helped people make money. And I, he was giving a seminar and this gentleman stopped him after the seminar and said, you've made me a, 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 you've made me wealthy but you still don't understand what the true definition of wealth is. 
Hmm. And so he went off on a, and went and read, you know, famous authors. There's, there's big biblical references about what true definition and what does success really mean in life? Mm -hmm. And so there's quotes from Aristotle, Socrates, Voltaire, Shakespeare, the Bible. It's just a cool little book. And, you know, it's just basically like 50 quick essays about it. That is really cool. Is, uh, I'm sure that book, you know, I'm sure you could relate to that. I would think from your experience with your little brother, like, I mean, you, you, there's probably some something there, you know, with the the relation there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it's a special book. Um, that's one I know has been, it's always been, I, so I'll, I'll reference it at times just so I can get a refresher on some principles that, that, that mean, you know, that I need to revisit. Um, yeah. I think psychology of money is a good book. I, uh, I think the last name is Housel. Um, that's a great book. There's a chapter number seven in there. It's about freedom. And the true definition of success is when you can do what you want, when you want, with whom you want. And it has nothing to do with money, right? It doesn't matter how much money you have. It's, you know, it's, it's freedom. You know, freedom of time is, is the true definition of success. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, like in fiction, I love the book Gentlemen of Moscow. Gentlemen um, in Moscow. It's about a, you know, a, 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 a rich... Uh, basically count who gets imprisoned into the only five-star ho hotel in Moscow during the communist revolution. And it's just, there's some life lessons that come. It's a beautiful book. Um, and so it's a fiction, but uh, you know, I've appreciated that. And um, I'll read, again, I'll read anything. Those are books that I've enjoyed reading. Um, currently I'm reading, my mom said I should read the Grisham novel, the new Grisham novel, the suit, because my boys are really into basketball. So I'm, I'm, I'm it's a quick little page turner. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm reading that now, but, um, yeah, so those are, I, I highly recommend, uh, yeah, the secret of shelter Island and, and psychology of money. Yeah. Those are great recommendations. Just curious. Do you read, uh, you mentioned before bed, is that typically when you're, when you're doing your reading? Yeah, I'll do read, I'll read before bed and I'll read in the morning, you know, like mm -hmm. I'll just like to set the stage. And mm -hmm. actually when I was trading, if it was a really slow day, I would, this is just when the the Kindle app came out and I would be standing in the middle of the pit reading a book. If nothing was like, if it was slow and you kind of learn to read and listen at the same time. And if something you were looking at was, you know, being offered or, you know, out there, you, you, you know, you kind of learn to, to keep your ear out for it. Right. Uh, but yeah, just sit there that, and read. That's cool. I think that's so interesting when, you know, those different rhythms on when people read. I mean, that's similar to me. Those are the two, two times a day where there's actually time to, to do that. So uh, likewise, same for me. And then, you know, I think for me, it's I'll listen. I'll be I can listen to something if I'm running or biking. Like I can actually, you know, listen to an audio book or something. But I think it's helpful to know, you know, what's working for for people and when they're making sure. time or finding time. So awesome. What about a a life verse? Is there do you have a, you know a verse that's like kind of front and center for you right now, or one that's been part of your you know mindset for a while? Um, I mean, I think I'll tell you one that's made me you know uh, like the. I think it's Luke chapter 18, verse 13, um, you know, God have mercy on me, you know, where, where the tax collector is, is beating his chest, just saying, God have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I feel like we're not all perfect, right? And, and I, you know, Jesus is, and, and God is forgiving. And, and I know that just lay your problems, you're, you're, we're all sinners, right? And so it, he, he will forgive you. And, in relation, in, 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 I have to forgive those that I, that wrong me, right? Mm -hmm. If God forgives me, I should forgive those that, that wrong mm -hmm. me. 
Mm. Um, and it's just a, I don't know, it's one that just, it just it recently and, and has been for a while, the one that's just resonated with me and one that I've always held dear is to whom much is given, much is required. So when God gives each of us unique gifts and talents and we have to use them, you know, we have to use them to the fullest and that's how we show honor to God. Right. And so, um, to me, that's where I, I, I love both those verses. Yeah. Same. That's awesome. Well, I think you've lived that out, you know, with your talents and your skills and your, you know, you've been given different dreams and ambitions. And I feel like you, you and your family have done a great job of following those, you know, and, and, and following through on them. So great job, man. Well, TJ, it's been super fun connecting and, and sharing some of these awesome stories and examples and, you know, how you guys use your faith and, and your decision-making and some big ones along the way. So uh, I just appreciate you and, you know, I always feel, I don't know, stronger, more capable, uh, inspired every time we talk. So I appreciate you for that. And thanks for being that kind of guy. No, thank you. And I, and I can tell you, Nick, uh, you and Joe have had a profound impact on my life. And I feel, I feel the same, you know, every time we talk, I feel like I can conquer the world, right? Because there's people there that are, that, you know, not only believe in you, but they, they believe with you. Right. And so like, I don't know, to me, then it feels like nothing's impossible. And you always, there's just a, a sense of energy and a passion that I really admire. And, and I, I know that there's no coincidences that God put, put you guys in ISI in my life. So I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Well, thanks, man. Would you, uh, as we wrap up, would you mind closing us in a word of prayer? Sure. Absolutely. Um, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. Um, once again, thank you for bringing Joe and, and Nick and the ISI into my life. And and I and I want to thank you for, for all the many gifts and talents that you've given us. Uh, I ask that we let your light shine through us. And we use these gifts and talents uh, to the best of our ability to live out your will. Um, you know, and please, uh, I ask that you give us the, the peace, the patience, and the perseverance to follow your plan. In your name, amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with TJ as much as I did. Uh, I always love talking with him. He's one of those guys, like I mentioned, that helps me stay sharp and be my best. Um, just a couple of things I took away. Number one is that, you know, there's no coincidences. Um, you know, these little pamphlets that you might pick up or people that you interact with or thoughts that are in your brain. Uh, there's no coincidences. You know, God knew those things far in advance. And um, so that that was a really cool you know, takeaway that I took from our conversation. Another one was just the number of healthy rhythms that he has and people he has in his life that help him stay sharp and be his best, uh, his morning routines, his nighttime routines, some of the things he does. Those are all good things. And hopefully you took away a thing or two from that, uh, as well as the, you know, praying continuously, like it talks about. And just, you know, before you start your car, before a meeting, uh, those are powerful things that you can, you know, lift that meeting or lift that conversation or that situation up to God. Um, it doesn't have to be some elaborate thing it just can be a 10 second five second thing just a little connection and, and the last two things were the quality creates quantity i love that just that quality time can just create that sense of abundance and uh it's simple as a fire pit night with your family love that and um so if you want to know more about tj or connect with him you can check out this um, episode details on the isilife.com it'll have tj's email on there uh, more information about him and his company if you want to connect with him so thank you for listening and today, hopefully you got something out of the conversation. Uh, you know, stay sharp and uh, sharpen others by sharing this podcast with, you know, someone that you think might be 
that might benefit from listening in the conversation. And hopefully this conversation was a blessing to you. All right. Until next time, stay sharp, everybody.